Hello and welcome to the Wheelie Good Times podcast. I am more than happy to welcome you to episode four. My name is Tom. And I'm Kong. And this is the Wheelie Good Times podcast. Wheelie Good Times. Wheelie Good Times podcast. We are a brother and sister. Brothers. <laughs> brother. <laughs> we are two brothers. Uh, a brother and a brother, both riding motorcycles. If you haven't heard our previous podcasts, I have been riding for two brothers, two wheels. Two brothers, two wheels. I've been riding for a bit longer than you. You have. I've been riding for eight, nine years. Commuted pretty much every day, every working and day, and went out most weekends on my bike. Uh, you've only been in the biking fraternity for the last year, year and a half. Would that be fair? Yep. Yep. That is fair and accurate. And accurate. Not Thank fair. you very much. So cool. So that that's a little bit about us. If you want to hear a bit more, go back and listen to the previous episodes. Episode one, we we do a bit of a, an intro about ourselves. Apologies if it's a bit slow and and rubbish, but we were still getting used to talking to each other. So, how was your week of motorcycling, Kong? It is funny you ask. You know what I've done this week? What? Got the train. Ooh, that's not very motorbikely. That is not very motorbikely at all. However, what soothed me was before I got the train on Sunday. You know what I did? No. Oh uh, yeah, I do actually. Yeah. I watched the Moto GP for the first time ever. The very first time that you watched the Moto GP. And what did you think? Because you've never seen any motorbike racing really before ever, have you? No, I I haven't seen any motorbike racing whatsoever at all. I've watched some clips of like the Isle of Man TT, um, but that is about it. I thought it'd be a good thing to watch and we could talk about on the podcast. So we watched that this weekend i missed the qualifiers i had other arrangements so i missed the qualifiers i don't think they call them qualifiers what they call like test no you got so you've got basically it's the race weekend it consists of it goes over three days and it consists of four practice sessions usually known as free practice and they'll be called fp1 fp2 fp3 FP4, so free practice one, etc., etc. Then after that, you have two qualifying rounds, so your Q1 and Q2, and then you've obviously got the race on Sunday. So um, practice one, two, and three, they're always they'll be on the Friday, um, and then the fourth practice session that's on the Saturday. So the top ten fastest riders get automatically entered into qualifying two. So that's the second session of qualifying. So top ten fastest lap times automatically into the second qualifying session everyone else goes into q1 qualifying one to to duke it out to fight for the space um now the two fastest riders from q1 then get bumped into q2 so they can try and better themselves better their position that they're going to get on the grid for race day so q1 and then everyone else who is is below those top two sessions in q1 their places for the race you know the, the grid positions for the race where they're going to start that's locked in then the final times uh, that the race is set in Q2, that second qualifying session, that finalises all the grid positions uh, for the race on the following day. Make a sense, then? Yeah, it was all very confusing. When I tried to look up the results, it did have me a little bit baffled. However, race day arrived. I tuned in. I was waiting tensely. And what I saw was nothing short of a spectacular experience. <laughs> um, yeah, no, in all honesty, it was great. Very exciting, very thrilling. It was over 
before you knew it, really. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, it's quite short. It does feel a lot short, especially if you're used to watching Formula One. So your typical Formula One race is like 40 or 50 laps, whereas a MotoGP, I think this weekend was 22 laps. So it's a much shorter race. Obviously, you've got a smaller vehicle, has a, a much lighter fuel load. So obviously can't go as far as something with a bigger fuel load. And also there's no refueling in the race either. So whatever you, you have in the bike on the start line, that's what you have to get. You know, you have to use all that fuel to get it to the end. I have seen people jump bikes. What is what? What was that? Yeah, there has not on this. No, one, that, that's but I have past. seen. I think in the past there would have times. been like refueling, or they can change bikes. I'm not exactly sure why that happened before, but I have seen similar clips yeah, that people change bikes, and I can't remember why they do that. Or, yeah. Unless it was like practicing, or if they had a mechanical issue, they were allowed to change bikes. Honestly, don't know. So last week, I asked you for your prediction for the season. Um, well, who, did, who was your prediction? For the season or for this race? For the season. Who didn't do for the race? For the race, I think I want... No, for the season, I think I wanted Fabio Quattararo to be up there. And he came in He fifth. came in fifth this, this time. And the, the big surprise, obviously it was a bit of a... We've had a bit of an off time. People have moved around, swapped bikes. Someone like Quattararo actually swapped places with Rossi. So Rossi moved to the Petronas Yamaha team, which is their satellite team. So he moved to that one, but he potentially Rossi is going to retire in 2022. So Quattararo then has stepped up to the full factory Yamaha team, you know, to give him a bigger bike. You know, he's very, very impressive on his you know first couple of seasons. And coming into this one, it's like, okay, I thought he was going to be very strong this season. And I think that he still had a, a quite a strong race. And it, let's be honest, we, we both saw that last lap because, oh my God, the power of those Ducatis um, is just phenomenal. They had the absolute pace we, down the straights. Before we get on to that, my prediction for the season was Takaki Nakagama. Takaki Nakagama. Yeah, that's, that's the one, one. That's the one. Um, he was my prediction. It felt short so far. He he has a bit of making up to do. I still have hope that he's going to win the whole thing. Um, he crashed. Didn't he crash on the first lap? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Uh, it was very close to the beginning. Yeah. I do like Takaki Nakagami. He's probably one of my favourites. But yeah. Oh, no, he didn't crash on the first lap. I think it's Alex think Marquez. It was... It, yeah, it was Alex Marquez. He lasted he lasted a few mm. laps, but he, he did crash. So that proves I don't know anything um, about MotoGP. Well, but, I tell, I tell you, you did know, actually surprise me because in our fantasy GP league, faith. you put Johan Zarco up there, and I said, "Ha ha ha, that's a terrible choice." Yeah, and I think because you said that's a terrible choice, I got rid of it. I don't think, I don't think I even said terrible. I just laughed at you for making. I mocked you for making that choice, because. Yeah, and I got rid of him because yeah. of that. And then so, you, you, he mugged you right off because he came in second. Yeah, well, well, you mugged me off, really. I did have Bagnaia though. Francesco Bagnaia. Yeah, I also had uh, Vinales. That was a good shout. And Quattararo. However, Bagnaia. And Vinales were my silver riders. Cool. I'll just, I think we just missed out what we were talking about because we moved on slightly to our fantasy mm. MotoGP teams. And we do have an active league called Really Good Times. 
So if you want to look us up, there is a code on our Instagram page, which you can find Willie Good Times Podcast on Instagram. And we'll have a we'll have the code. If you look on our last post, there'll be a slide with a code so you can join our MotoGP Fantasy League. You can get involved with earning points and having a bit of fun. And like I said, we'll, we'll have some prizes at the end of the season as well. But for now, just get involved, have a bit of fun. So yeah, that's that's what we've been doing each race. We've been picking our top riders, haven't we? Yes, and you start off with two gold riders, two silver riders. The silver riders earn half as much as the gold riders for the same uh, uh, for the same position that they get. So if you have so if you have a gold like rider, a gold rider that is in first place, they'll get you fifteen he points. But if I had the gold, if I had that ride, same rider who hit first in my silver points, I'd only get half the amount in my silver. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then you pick a team. So you pick well. a team as well, which is the average of the riders that you, the average points of the riders where they came. Yeah, I was laughing after the qualifiers. You did really well. I was first. I did really well. Now, I believe you are 18 and a half points ahead of me. Edge to head, mate. Yeah. And you're only allowed to make one change per race. So in the middle of each, uh, or in between each race, you only allowed to make one change. So you can change out and one had... rider. But yeah, you... I changed out. Guess who I changed out? I reckon you put Zarko back in. No, I took out Nakakami. Oh, mate, that was... you were backing him so much. You you loved him so much. And then you've just, after one race where he has a fall, you're now, you've just ditched him. That is, you, you have I mean, no he class, came in, mate. He you came into no the class. race. He came into the race. Came into the race in fifteenth, I think, something along those lines. Or he he crashed when he was fifteenth, and I didn't know who he was. I was looking on the riders. He had a nice smile. And I thought, ah, oh, fair play, fella. You look happy. Happiness conquers all. You're gonna win. That wasn't the case. <laughs> My competitive edge got the better of me. Yeah, mate. I'm 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 believing him on my team. I think he'll do well. I think he'll do well this this year. I think he's going to pick up some points. If he doesn't, I like him, so I'm not going to get rid of him. Oh well. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the race. I thought it was quite interesting because, again, off season, we've come back in the first race. I find it is quite interesting. This one is a particularly fast track, and like we saw with the Ducatis, as I mentioned earlier. They're so, so damn fast. The, the power advantage they have was clearly visible and they would just blast past people on that front straight. It was just phenomenal. Yeah, they had they had that one one straight that they just completely tore ass. I mean, well, any, any bit of straight, really, they could just punch out and just had so much... They just had the legs on everyone, really. Feel sorry for for Johan Mir because you know that he looked like he had a second place in the bag. Went a bit wide. I think even if he'd done the corner a bit neater, I still think he would have been passed just before the line anyway. But the, the, yeah, the sheer power of those bikes is phenomenal. I don't think if he took that last corner perfectly that he he would have come second. I think he always would have been overtook. There just wasn't that much of a distance. He still had you know a bit of ground left for the finishing line after he was overtaken. Mm. But his overtake, his overtake was sweet though. He rode really well, oh, and actually, cool. the it does like highlights the power of the Ducatis, and the track favors you know speed over everyone. I mean, I think Zarco 
clocked the fastest speed of like 224 miles an hour for the weekend. It was insane. He had the big speeds. faith. Big faith in his. <laughs> yeah, apart from that, when he went off, you know, I think one of the practices he went just he didn't did not uh, have the this the. I forgot the words. There was there was points down that straight where he just let it fully open, and just cranked it so hard. And I thought, I don't know how he's going to turn that corner at the end. I really don't know how. It was incredible stuff. It was incredible to watch. I think it was great. I mean, if all MotoGP races are like that, then I'll be intrigued. I love how Vinales was just creeping and following, creeping and following, keeping in the, the slipstream of the other bikes. And then as it got nearer to the end, he said, have this. He overtook him. He got some good ground because you, you know he needed it as well. After seeing what happened to uh, Yon Mir, he needed that ground to get away. And he knew that. Well, yeah, he's he's obviously a seasoned racer, Ovinales. He's been in the game a while. And he sat back, he watched, he waited, he anticipated. Because he got to know where, by, by being behind the leader, you can see how they ride. You can see what's going on. You can see where they're good, where they're bad, where you can make up time and where they can get away from you. That sort of thing. So he's obviously, he's by his time, he's watching and then he just got closer and closer and closer. Made his move and then he just had to, he just knew he had to clear off. He couldn't let them come back on that straight. He had to go. And uh, I know the commentator said the phrase pulled the pin a few times and that he didn't quite get that. But for anyone who doesn't know what pull the pin means, it's just like they've pulled the pin. So take it as I've always thought of it as like a grenade. So you pull the pin on that grenade and you've, you've thrown it. So it's like you've, you're just letting it all go. You're just throwing everything you've got to, to just disappear, to get ahead, to get away. That's, that's how I think of it. There might be a different meaning to it, but that's what I think. You pulled the pin, bang, gone. Now, was there was there anything that surprised you? In terms of maybe someone did better than you thought they would, maybe someone did a bit worse than you thought that they would. I thought Morbidelli would be a lot higher. He ended up in 18th place. I thought he was going to do much better. He's quite... Yeah, Guess he was on my fancy team. Morbidelli. Yep. <laughs> uh, so Morbidelli, I thought he would, he's going to be quite strong. Again, he's a newer newer rider, but I, I think he's just had mechanical problems. And looking at some of the the other testing that's been going on today for this weekend's race, uh, he's still having mechanical issues. So I don't believe it was all down to him uh, anyway. And he, he just kind of kept going backwards, really. Um, so that was a that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I, I mean. There wasn't anything else on there. I mean, Jack Miller had a really good start. Actually, I'd say what was a surprise. And this was the first of the, oh, shit, look at that Ducati power. Is on the start <laughs> when they were uh, qualifying, when they did their... Um, so they were all, all lined up on the grid. Sorry, yeah. not, not on qualifying, in the race. They were all lined up on the grid, waiting to go. You've got Ducati on pole position, and then you've got Jack Miller... Uh, on the second row next to Johan Zarco, also on the second row. And then there was another Ducati somewhere else. And basically, they just, as soon as the lights dropped, those Ducatis just flew off the line. They absolutely shot off down the straight. And it just became an entire row, front row of Ducatis. It was phenomenal to watch it. So you had Francesca Bagnaia, you had Jack Miller, Johan Zarco, and I'm trying to think of who else would have been there, but I can't remember. So it was just 
ridiculous yeah it was pretty incredible to watch one thing that i did like to see and he come in sixth alex rins mm-hmm. another suzuki yeah for me yeah for me he was doing he was doing amazingly i think he i think he he, he was a little bit lower and then he started doing some overtaking started to climb up he couldn't uh he couldn't really keep on to it at the end i think mir overtook him because he decided you know what you're not going to get the job done. I'll show you who's boss. And Mir overtook him. And then I think Quartararo overtook Rins. Um, but he was someone at the mid portion of the race. He was climbing up a bit. And his, some of his overtakes are pretty sweet as well. Yeah, so so the Suzuki boys, Alex Rins and Yo Mir, both started sort of mid-pack. So Rins was on the grid on ninth. Mir was in 10th. So they both did. They had a really good race. I'm, I've got Suzuki as my constructor for for the fantasy league. And I think they're going to be really strong. I've got Yamaha. So, <laughs> so I think they're going to be strong. I think they're going to be really good. So they ended up finishing fourth and sixth. So it's a nice little race. Nice, nice result. Yeah. Nice result for it all is, the teams. It was really. a very, it was apart from KTM. Uh, I mean, I would be honest with you. I'd be more embarrassed if I was Honda. Uh, didn't they have two I suppose crashes, KTM, 13th and 14th, Miguel Oliveira and Brad Binder. Um, but then, yeah, so, well, both Betrucci, L- both, both LCR out. Honda riders crashed out, Alex Marquez and Takagi Nakagami. And then if you have a look, the, the, the highest place for Honda was 8th with Paul Espargaro, followed by yeah. Stefan Bradl in 11th, which, like, it's Honda. They're a big team. They've got loads of money to throw at this sort of stuff. And they didn't do particularly amazingly. I mean, I don't want to sound, I don't want to diss Aprilia here, but Alicia Spargro, funny enough, Paul's brother on the Aprilia was above, you know, came in front of him. Too bad he didn't get pole position. Uh, yeah, yeah. What a good one yeah. that was. Thank you. Your comedy knows no so, bounds. So next week, next week, I say next week, this Sunday, actually, this Sunday is the next one. Qatar MotoGP, same track, same ride. This is the Grand Prix, Grand Prix of Doha, by the way, not Qatar. Ha- oh, it's it? in Qatar, same track, same everything, but it they can't have the same name. So the last one oh, was okay. the Boa Grand Prix of Qatar, and this is the Tissot Grand Prix of Doha. I see. Grand Prix well, can't have the same name. Predictions. Mm-hmm. What do you think? <clears throat> what do you think is going to happen? You think the same? You think... What, what tweaks do you think Ducati would make? What tweaks do you think Yamaha would make? Suzuki? The, I, I think that's what we can include for now. I think everyone now knows the team's really are in everyone now knows the danger of the Ducatis. Yes. They're going to know that they're going to be bloody quick on the straights. All the other riders are going to be thinking, this is what I think anyway, we'll be thinking, right, I don't want to come up against them on the straights, so I'm going to have to get away from them through the twistier sections of the track. <clears throat> So I think the focus is going to be on just trying to nail the twistier sections and then maybe even just working out or working on the straights. You know, if you're behind a Ducati, just just take the slipstream, get in behind them and, and try and beat, you know, try and just stay with them. Um, but I think it's it's yeah. the key thing is really going to be just to try and get away from Ducati. Now, will Vinales take first once again next week or this Sunday even? Don't know, mate. Don't know. I'd really like to see Bagnaya. I think he was quite strong, but 
I hate it because I like them all. Prediction. Okay, prediction. Uh, first place, Bagnaya. Second place, Rins. Third place, Vinales. Okay, I'm going first place. I don't know. I'm going first place. Um, okay, I'm going first place, Mir. Mm-hmm. Second place, Pagnaya. Yeah. Third place, Quattararo. Decent. Quattararo is decent. Cool. Yeah. Well, I thought I wanted I wanted them to be different to yours. Nice. Well, that's uh, just because of my competitive my competitive. Edge. It's tricky when it. That's the thing. It's still the first race. We don't know how things are going to play out. It's one track. It's the same track, but it doesn't mean that the results will be the same. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, to see. one to four. Mm. One to four came within one point two 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 seconds of each other. It's not bad. There is one thing that I did think was really cool. So a chap called Fausto yeah. Grassini was a very, very good team manager for the Aprilia team. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away from uh, from COVID in fe- at the end of February. Um, you know, a highly regarded man in MotoGP, was a two-time World 125cc champion, um, and he was just a you know a fantastic team leader. He, he passed away, which is really sad, from, from COVID. But there, I, I saw the really nice tribute that Aprilia did on the, the GP bikes where they had um, they, they had the on the wings of the bike, they had his name like on the wing. It was really, really cool to see. Oh, that's mm, nice. Very nice. I just thought there's a nice touch if anybody uh, missed it. Just have a little look. It's quite cool. Yeah, it was quite cool. I mean, I didn't see it, but it sounds yeah, quite so cool. So you should have a little watch back and have a look. So we will do, we won't go into as much detail, but we'll do a little segment next week on this weekend's MotoGP of Doha. Um, I think it's time for some, I've been thinking about getting some new gear. If anybody could recommend me two pieces of gear, that would be so helpful. I don't know. I don't know who could do that. I don't know who could do that either. Oh, all right. Never mind. I didn't do my two pieces of gear this week. Been busy, mate. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not slacking. Well, I can't really tell you about any anything particularly new but i can tell you about something i've been using more and more this week as the sun has been shining and that is the nox urbane pro mark ii jacket very very nice it's an abrasion resistant mesh airflow jacket with loads of armor and you can wear it on its own you do realize you did this on the first yeah i do know i did it on the first week but i've got one now and i'm actually using it and testing it because when i originally spoke about it it was cold af and was just was unsuitable but i've recently been wearing it been wearing it on its own it's quite nice it's really nice to throw a hoodie on with over the top or just to wear like a casual jacket with so i rate it i'm really liking it i've, I've still got a segment yeah well hang on so what, let me, let's just cut this out let's just go to Right, let's move on from the moto gp then and talk about just bikes in general did you see Okay, oh, fuck it. You weren't on your bike this week, were you? No. What have you got? What's, what segment have you got? Oh, I got the bike shout out of the week. Nice. Okay, tell you what. <clears throat> you know what? You've got, you've got, you've got bikes on any other bikes, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Do you look at oh, my right, show notes? See them. You looked yeah. at my show notes, didn't you? Hundred. I saw. Do you know what? I saw a little one of your face pop up on my on my show notes because we're on a cloud shared 
tool. And I saw your face and I thought, oh, is this because we just have the same folder? But no, that was you looking at my notes. 100%. Such a knob. Okay, so... Anyway, right, my any other bikes is, which you probably already know is, I've been out riding my bike this week to work, as I do every week. I've been having a lovely, lovely time doing it. The sun's out, been getting some, yeah, getting some leans. Yeah, sometimes I drive, but don't be like that. Most of the time I ride my bike and I really enjoy it. Seen loads of bikes out there, so it's really good seeing all the other bikers out there having good fun. I've been enjoying getting in some groups and, you know, have a little little bit of fun with other people. It's quite nice. Just great to see people out on their bikes again. Hearing the streets filled with a cacophony of exhaust noise and quick shifter pops and downshifty bangs. And also seeing my Facebook light up my local town's community page, moaning about the streets turning into a local GP circuit. And it just, it's, hello, the sun is here. Motorbikers are around again. And it has been fantastic. That's what I've been really enjoying this week. Along with, I don't know if you saw it, my friend, but some bike journalists have uh, been able to have a go on the new Hayabusa. Did you see any of that? I did not see any of that. It would have actually been nice if you shared that with me. You share a lot of stuff with me on the internet, and that wasn't one of them. Oh, my bad. So I will share it with you after this after this video. But anyone else that wants to see it, go and have a look. Simon H Bikes on Instagram, which is Simon Hargreaves from Bennett's Bike Social. He shared a video of, I don't think it was him, it was somebody else launching a bike down a runway and it's a Hayabusa, the brand new 2021 Hayabusa, and the way that thing moves is utterly phenomenal. So it's the quickest bike they've ever recorded at Bennett's Bike Social, and it did 0 to 60 about 2.89 seconds. Faster than ZZR 1400, just a ballistic machine. I'm actually, I'll share it with you, I'll put it in the, the show thingies if you haven't seen it, so you can have a watch of it. But if you want to go and have a look at yourself, check out Simon H Bikes on Instagram, and you can watch it on his page there. Highly recommend you see it. It's ridiculous. And just is the proof in the pudding that outright peak figures and a bloody spec sheet means jack shit when it comes to what a bike actually rides like. Papers don't, paper doesn't tell you much. Well, that was great. Mm. Now for the moment you've all been waiting for. The best segment on this podcast Kong's bike shout, bike shout out of the week. Thank well, hang on, hang on. So Sorry, you say it's the best, but we've got a cryptic clue this yeah. week. So just say oh, anyway. Boy. Bike shout out of the week. Bike shout out of the week. Okay, so last week I said I would make this week's bike shout out of the week a two-stroke. Not only is it a two-stroke, but it's also a Moto G P whammy. I thought that'd be the perfect fit for today's podcast. Perfect. Doing some research, I came across the two-stroke era of the Moto GP, and one bike that really caught my eye was this: the Suzuki RM63. So the Suzuki RM63, German... you say? Yes. Tell us more. Can you not interrupt my segment, please? Tell us more. Thank you very much. An East German weapons engineer and scientist by the name of Walter Kaden was building bikes for the MZ racing team. He built an incredible bike that was crushing competition in the 125cc category. The rider of that bike, Ernst Degner, decided he was leaving East Germany. He defected to Japan, where Suzuki promised him safety and security in return. 
they would get everything he knew about the bikes he was riding. So he, he took some of Walter Caden's knowledge and he brought it over to Suzuki in Japan. Degner would go on to give Suzuki everything he had learned from Walter Caden and together they built 50 and 125cc motorcycles. The bikes won the 50cc class in its first year and the RM63 winning Suzuki's first ever 125 class MotoGP title in 1963, rode by Hugh Anderson. And this was where the two-stroke motorcycles took over MotoGP for years and years to go. Exciting. So, yeah, that is Bike Shoutout of the Week. Bike Shoutout of the Week. Thank you very much. It's just where I tell you about a little cool or interesting bike that you may not have heard of. And if you like the sound of it, you can go look at it. Interesting. Yourself. I am going have to have a, a look at it later because that sounds info. really interesting. Just a... Yes. Last week it was the Britain. Mm, the Britain 3000. So this, so you've done a bit of research on two strokes and you've, you've come across this MotoGP bike. So currently MotoGP bikes are 1000cc four-stroke machines. And it's quite funny because you made a comment to me last week about uh, trying to find a two-stroke or a two, did they use two strokes in MotoGP? And it was like, well, they were. At, there was a time when they were. It was a two-stroke race, like class. You know, they were. There was a documentary called The Unridables about the 500cc two-strokes, uh, two which were just. Well, they were so vicious and savage. Yes. They got the name Unridables. So, did you find a little bit more about about two-strokes in the history of, of sort of racing at that that level? I did. Yes. So, what brought me to this bike was. I was looking at all of the two strokes, the, 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 the two stroke era, as they call it. Um, but yeah, mainly dominated by the 500cc power machines um, that were two, that, that were all two strokes. Um, and I thought, oh, let me just have a look like where this started, where the two stroke era started, because there used to be four strokes before that. And then I was having a look, and this is what I found. I thought, wow, that is a really cool. A really cool backstory, you know, the Cold War and Soviet rule in East Germany, um, and and uh, I forgot his name, Degner. Ernst he wanted to Degner. escape East Germany. Yeah, he wanted to escape East Germany because of the Soviet rule and, and and pretty shit back then, wasn't it? So he defected to Japan, where Suzuki said, "Yeah, you'd be fine here, but tell us what you all you know about your bikes." Bye. And the bikes, the bikes came, and the, how he knew that, uh, the guy who built them, Walter Carden, he was a weapons engineer for the Soviets. History is just wonderful, isn't it? It is wonderful. Um, so that is why I thought it was cool and interesting. Yeah, cool and interesting is is needed for bike shout out of the week. Mm, definitely. Well, we'll put that in the show post. Um, that is, and we'll, we'll have some links to how you can look at that more. <clears throat> and we'll have some links of how you can see more of that bike and Kong's bike shout out of the week. Thank you very much cool. for the jingle Thanks, no worries. of my segment. Now, there is something that I need sometimes to get me scratching my brain. Riddles don't do it for me. However, maybe a cryptic would. Maybe. I wonder who has a cryptic. Maybe the, the cryptic, a cryptic clue, cryptic question would help you scratch oh, that itch. Please tell me more. So we've got the cryptic, which is back again from uh, 
a hiatus from last week. So the cryptic that we do here, it's basically a sentence or a phrase that is a, a clue to something to do with motorcycling. So this could be a motorcycle rider. It could be a motorcycle part, a motorcycle itself. It will have something to do with motorcycling. So get scratching your noggin because that's what we we'll do. And there will be a prize for people that get it right. We still don't know what the prizes are and we still need people to get it right before we can give out a prize. But if you get this one right, we'll sort you out for a prize, won't we, Kong? Yeah, you will. Yeah, yeah. yeah we will. <laughs> the really good times podcast will sort someone out with a prize. So anyway, quiet please, because I need to I need to read out the, the cryptic. <clears throat> I bought a sweet potato from America. It just keeps telling me jokes. Once again. I bought a sweet potato from America. It just keeps telling me jokes. Cool. Answers on a postcard or you can message us over at Wheelie Good Times Podcast if you think you know the answer. Okay. So I think that's everything for today. Thank you for listening. Tell us what you think over on our Instagram, Wheelie Good Times Podcast, or leave a review on iTunes with a comment on your answer on the cryptid. I'm Kong. And I'm Tom. Ride safe and have a wheelie good time. Have a wheelie good time. Bye. Bye.